Huh? What are you doing in my swamp? Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of A Ogre Tell It's Ogre. I'm your host, Will. Joining me, as per usual, is my good buddy, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Will. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. And we also got Chris over here. Hey, you doing, Chris? Hey, you doing yourself, Will? <laughs> Sorry, that was a little, uh, that was a little unnatural, but <laughs> hey whatever. How you doing? <laughs> hey, you doing, man. Hey, you doing? Uh, so, here's the thing. Uh... We're doing a kind of comprehensive breakdown of not merely Shrek 2, but the basically the entirety of Shrek. The Shrekiverse. The Shrekiverse, yeah, whatever you want to call it. And the reason the why Yeah, and the reason why we're doing this kind of midway through the run is that <laughs> back when we were loosely planning the season, this final season of ours, uh Shrek or sorry, no, uh, Puss in Boots 2 Whatever the full title of that movie is, was going to come out. The Last Wish, I think. Yeah, the I think Puss in Boots: colon, The Last Wish, I believe, is you are correct, yeah. Matt. Uh, and I think it had a different title. I think even earlier this year, like last year or something. So it, but, it, the previous title didn't have a colon, just like Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> yeah, uh, but in any Puss in Boots: The Last Wish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, in any case, that was going to come out in September. We were like, okay, you know, obviously. Uh, September is always our conspiracy theory episode. We'll do it in August, right. and then that way we can kind of go into the our thoughts on Puss in Boots in September, along with our conspiracy theories. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie got moved to December for whatever reason. The calendar kind of shifted for other films. DreamWorks decided to push that movie around the holidays. Uh, for mm-hmm. better or for worse, we'll find that out later in the year. But, uh, you know, we were debating... Uh, doing this breakdown episode in November, but mm-hmm. uh, because the guests that we are going to have on the show was only really available for that November episode, we decided, you know, we're just going to kind of stick with our original idea, do this in August. It may not be fully natural because it's going to be a long time before Puss in Boots 2 comes out, but yeah, yeah that's so, yeah, we're just going to basically dive fully into everything Shrek related. And that's why this episode is kind of breaking formula as far as uh, not coming out the 22nd. Uh, if mm-hmm. everyone's been noticing every other episode this season has come out on 22nd. It's a cute little thing we've been doing, but we broke formula. <laughs> uh, I would like to say it was because this that's is... That's why. That's why. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't because scheduling <laughs> didn't work out or I'm in a different location than I usually am and all that. No, it's just because we wanted to, we wanted to honor all the films by not making exclusively about Shrek 2. But, yeah, and um, then Matt, Matt put his foot down. And he's like, I'm sick and tired of releasing these dang episodes on the 10th <laughs> Yeah, I, I refuse mean, to do so for this month. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, he does edit these episodes. If you guys don't know, the listeners don't know, he does edit these episodes. He is the reason this podcast exists, so we have to thank uh-huh. him for that and uh, honor his wish. But in any case, yeah, so we're going to just talk about everything Shrek-related. Um, so I'm just going to say uh, I've seen... Not only all five Shrek films, and that's counting Puss in Boots, but I've also watched 
uh, Shrek in the Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. I've watched Scare Trekless. I've watched Far, Far Away Idol. Um, I've also read the book of Shrek uh, just before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Shrek. that's. I, I've also watched uh, Shrek 4D, or what's now called the Ghost uh, of Lord Ghost. Farquaad. Yeah, Ghost of Lord Farquaad. So Which that's I'm, I'm my. Glad you, I'm yeah. glad you had me watch that. I was going to say, I, I definitely have a lot to. You wanted to start with that? I don't know, Matt, did you see that? I did. I watched it. Okay. Um, I've also seen that 4D show a handful of times at Universal because I used to have a season pass. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. um, but anyway, uh, what did you guys watch in preparation for this? Uh, just kind of lay the cards down, and then we'll talk about Shrek 4D. I did not watch uh, Scared Shrekless. Me either. But other than that, I watched all the things that you said. Uh, I did less. I I didn't watch the Swamp, the Karaoke Dance Party, or Far, Far Away Idol. You traitor. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> it was a time thing. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I did, I did watch the ghost of Farquaad since it was only 12 minutes long. I just watched it earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Um, pulled up and, on, on Netflix and you're like, oh, exactly, thank yeah. God, only 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> same, yeah, I had the same <laughs> thought. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I watched, I saw Shrek 4, this was my first time seeing Shrek 4, uh, ever after, and also Puss in Boots, so that's. Oh, okay. Me too. I, yeah. I thought you might have seen Puss in Boots before. So you you watched those two films for the first time. I know you hadn't seen Shrek Forever After. We talked about that plenty mm-hmm. of times. But um, yeah, okay. What about yeah. you, Chris? Uh, I didn't actually ask you before. Had you seen Shrek Forever After, Shrek the Third, any of those before this? I I thought I had seen Forever After, but I guess I didn't because it's not anything like I remembered. I think I just kind of assembled a memory of it from what I'd read about it or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And enough. I had I, not... I had not yeah. seen Shrek 3 all the way through before, I realized. Okay. Either that or I did, and I don't remember very much of it. I will say Shrek Forever After is pretty forgettable. Uh, yes. Even to the point where, like, I was trying to remember, like, is this movie better than I gave it credit? Because like, that was my main thing. It was like, I just didn't really remember it too well. Like, I remembered mm-hmm. Shrek blowing up and, like, the whole do the roar thing. I remember, like, yeah. the, you know, like, badass Fiona thing. Like, mm-hmm. that was stuff I vaguely remembered, but I just couldn't remember, like, the finer points of it. And I was like, maybe this movie's better than they give it credit. And uh, I think it's just about where I landed on it before. That's a big thing I was kind of surprised watching all these things is that nothing really shifted that far in my estimation. <laughs> I was kind of hoping I'd have, like, a really hot take for the Shrek sure. universe this time around. And I guess the hottest yeah. take I'd have is that Shrek the Third is maybe maybe not as bad as i remember maybe well i wow. the, the takes will be heating up once we get to there um yes. but i don't want to put the i don't want to put the horse before the, i don't want to put the onion onion carriage before the horse there you go or whatever um, um so anyway. we wanted to start with the first shrek uh well no i was gonna say let's start with the shrek 4d because i i have some thoughts on it. it sounds like you had some thoughts on it matt watched it too so you might have some thoughts on it uh yeah i mean so you had you seen it in 4D before, Chris, or even 3D? Never. You'd never seen it at all? I've never seen uh, uh, 4D, no. Okay. I was going to say, I vaguely remember this being on DVD and watching it. It was. Uh, with, like, the red and blue glasses they gave yeah. you. 
but I don't think I ever watched like the full amusement park experience of it. Matt, could you say whether or not that was a worthwhile experience since you're the only one that has that experience? Yeah. No, I, I loved the Shrek 4D experience um, that is no longer at Universal. They replaced it with the DreamWorks Theater currently featuring a Kung Fu Panda adventure. Oh, um, but uh, it was see one of the things that you miss in the in the version that's like on Netflix um, is there is a pre-show that involves the fairy tale creatures are all captured again um, like the three little pigs are in boxes and there's like a little screen and that's their eyes and then and they like shake like Pinocchio is tied up upside down um, and they're all like in the room with you. And they talk about how there's been a ghost. So there's like a little bit of setup. Uh, and then you go into the theater and that's when the curtain opens up and they have the fairy. Uh, and then obviously in watching it, you can see it does a lot of the over the top 3D effects like, whoa, yeah. you know, he's um, over there. Yes. I kind of yes. just I kind of just dove into this um, and blind blind and i not not with the knowledge that it was 4d oh, okay. yeah and so this stuff is happening i was like huh i wonder if this was made for 3d <laughs> yeah it absolutely I, was yeah i and was kind of hoping then, you would be high chris when you watch this and just being like oh god why is shrek pointing at me what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah they um it's a little bit more meta than any of the other stuff like donkey references the first movie yeah um but they so in the 3D or the 4D experience, I apologize. Um, I think at one point they would pump out smells. Um, there would be like whenever donkey sneezes, you know, it would spray water at you. Um, the sh the chair would shake depending on what's going on. Um, and oh, and then there would be like hot. You know, when there was fire, it would be like heat would be blasted at you. It's a it was a cool experience. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to any of those, but they're all they all use the same tricks. Right. Yeah, I saw the Bugs Life 4D thing. Hmm. There you go. Um, one of my favorite jokes from the Far Ghost of Farquaad is um, Shrek repeats the compensating for something joke. He what does he do? The the compensating for something. Oh, oh yes, he does. And yeah, then he really and he's does. like, I wonder what that could be. Right. <laughs> and it's, yes. like, it's like a reference to the joke that kids didn't get, but now they probably do or whatever. Like, right. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I mean, the big reason I wanted to discuss it is because obviously we talked a lot about Shrek in season one. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked a fair bit about Shrek two this year, it's fair to say. But mm -hmm. I, I went into this just kind of expecting to be like filler. You know, yeah. like it, it had been a long time since I've seen it. And I just remembered like Farquaad was in it as it goes, yeah. all that. But I didn't really remember until now that, like, this is kind of like Shrek 1.5. Like, it, it, is, it, yeah. it, it does give you, like, some closure for things that, you know, maybe didn't need closure in the first movie. But when we were an analyzing these films week or sorry, month by month by month, it, it yeah. does, uh, you know, give us some closures. Like, whatever happened to Felonius? Like, there we, we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Felonius gets a lot of screen time in this and he might have died. Yeah. <laughs> That's. Yeah. I was trying to figure out too. It looked like he was on the dragon. He was, and then he just he disappears. And then he just isn't. He's yeah. Gone, so, yeah. So I'm assuming they fed him to dragon, or like, whoa, maybe they like just like dropped him off somewhere. Like I don't know, like where did they stand on Felonius 
during that scene because he was in coots with but um, they like they yeah. do know him by name though and he obviously previously had been at the karaoke dance party well that's the thing right is that like is the karaoke <laughs> dance party before this or after this i don't know i think it's before uh, well it had to be before i guess because they had all the wedding set up so yeah he's even at the wedding too i think right yeah so i mean like yeah like what's his deal like he like he's cool he, he I, seems really stupid well yeah. sure but obviously well obviously but i mean like I was thinking about that too when I rewatched Shrek, the first movie. Is that like yeah. he turns on Fal- or sorry Farquaad quick? Like yes, he, he like he as writes soon, on yeah yeah as soon as Farquaad's eaten, he's just like all right, I'm Team Shrek, I'm Team Fiona. Like he mm-hmm. he 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 holds no alliances. But then when Farquaad the ghost starts coming back into things, he's just like all right. I'm working with Farquaad again. He's a lot. He's not alive anymore, but he's a ghost. So, you know, and then like, you know, he, maybe he's scared. I don't know. It seemed, I think Thelonious kind of just aligns himself with whoever's most likely to give him a hot meal next. Mm. Yeah. Just tells him what to do. Just like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah. do this. Like, OK. Well, and then Fiona apologizes when he gets dumped in the water. Yes. She does. That was that was another thing that I noted. Yeah. So that's why I'm on team. They're friends with him and they just dropped him off. Yeah. Also, like we see Jinji's house and Shrek just just annihilates it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I think structurally it was still there. Like it just took out the whole interior. And then (laughs) Jinji's face gets splattered across a tree. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Jinji ends up the worst for wear in this Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, he, he's had a rough road of it uh, in this whole franchise, I'll say. But, like, this special is just like, geez, Louise, like, give him a, <laughs> give him a break, guys. The, um, oh, at the end of it, whenever the fairy gets, like, hit by whatever, they something happens. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Um, the fairy, like, flies off screen, and oh. in the theater at the 4D experience... A spotlight would shine onto a speaker that had like the fairy's leg oh. sticking out of it. Oh, <laughs> um, and yeah, they, there's a similar trick in the, the there's a Disney thing called Mickey's Philhar Magic that ends with Donald Duck sticking out of the wall behind you. So, nice. I guess Farquaad is like nothing now. Like his soul has been yeah, destroyed. He, so are ghosts. Destructible via fire in this universe? Is I that guess, what we are? I guess. What was the deal with all the heads? That's, yeah, it yeah. turned into a bunch of little heads that all they're all screaming or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to talk about that because it's just like that image was horrifying. It's very horrifying. Yeah. Like, what? Like I, like, I don't know what the implication of that is, but like, yeah, that that uh, quite appropriately kind of haunted me watching this. Like that was my main takeaway outside of everything we already discussed. Just kind of just like what. Where are the implications of a soul can be multiplied and then destroyed, I guess? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, okay, I guess they're maybe doing something for, like, the 4D effect. Cause, but then I was like, the last 10 minutes have been stuff flying at the screen and fireballs and, and magma and what have you. And then their final decision for, like, what can we do to really make a 4D effect? It's like, oh, let's have Lord of Farquaad's ghost split up into, like, 15 <laughs> screaming floating heads. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> also, what's uh, funny is I had never yeah. even noticed that in the theater experience that he turns into a bunch of tiny heads, or maybe you just suppressed it, like you didn't want maybe, to remember. Yeah, it. 
Um, we also see a little foreshadowing here of the, the grave of Humpty Dumpty that gets yes. kind of callously destroyed, um, you know, just like, you know, as a throwaway joke. Yeah. Um, you know, which, I mean, given what we learned about uh, Humpty Dumpty later, I guess, it, it is maybe not quite as uh, criminal, but, you know, still, right. still like, you know, kind of cold. Screw I would you, say. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. <laughs> screw, screw you and due date or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I mean, that's all. I, I mean, that's all I really had to say about uh, uh, the ghosts of Lord Farquaad or Shrek 4D, whatever it's called. Just watching it, I thought it would just be kind of more fluff, kind of the same yeah. way that like scared Shrek list is sort of just fluff, or even like Far Far Away Idol or Shrek and Swamp Karaoke Dance Party. But no, mm-hmm. it actually was like. Kind of canonical in a, yeah, in a substantive, weird, yeah, substantive. There you go. Um, but anyway, I mean, we can kind of just dive more properly into the films themselves um, since you guys didn't rewatch any of the other supplemental. Uh, yeah, I things. figured I've already offered those thoughts on this podcast. Sure, on those things. Yeah, I mean, we've, we even talked about Scare Trekless back. Yeah, in we season did Scare Trekless season one, so um, that's why I was like, yeah, eh. yeah, whatever. Um, but well, first I'll start. With uh, Chris, uh, you know, obviously you weren't around for season one, but uh, you had seen Trek before this, but this is your first time really getting a chance to watch it for this podcast. Um, what were some of your takeaways watching Shrek one this time around? Um, it's a real comfort blanket, that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I remember uh, I went to go see it with my mom and my sister in theaters and we just loved mm-hmm. it because kind of like that was kind of like right on the cusp of me going to see more movies so it was very um very um uh, i don't want to say transformative it was uh foundational in my Mm. movie watching um career uh it's just like you know there's a lot of the jokes still slap um the uh all the the whole deal about lord farquaad and and what he's got going on um with his height and everything is still funny um Mm -hmm. the gag where Fiona explodes a bird with singing (laughs) is great. Um, And it's just like a really tight, a really tight story, really good fairy tale. And I think it integrates um, a lot of things really well. And it was kind of one of those movies that at least for its era was kind of the pioneer of adult jokes and kids movies. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yes and no. I mean, obviously like Aladdin and like Hercules and stuff were out before this, but yeah, I mean, as far as like, kind of breaking the walls down, just being directly meta and irreverent and, you know, even sort of sexual in this way. This was definitely uh, a sort of groundbreaking film in that respect. I also liked how when it came out and watching it just kind of, it made me remember that, that era. Um, It was like the answer to Disney and Pixar. Mm -hmm. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Katzenberg, former Disney employee, did not leave on good terms. Right. Basically used this movie as like a big F you to Disney. Yeah, down to yeah. Farquaad's face being directly based on Michael Eisner's. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean just even even in a in a in a in a thematics a cultural sense, um mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this isn't your this isn't your mom's animated movie or whatever. It's it and it right. kind of it it kind of feels like I don't I don't I, this term has a negative connotation, but it, 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 I think in in the sense of this movie creatively, it works really well. It punches down on fairy tales mm. constantly, which I think is a good um, a good fit for what the film is going for. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, there is, it's easy, I think a lot of people will focus on sort of the cynical aspects of the film, how obviously it is sort of spiteful, but I think to your point, like, most of the time, it's used to sort of feed this tale that, you know, is showing sort of just how cliched cinematic fairy tales have been at this point, like, their, their inability, for the most part, especially from Disney, to really push against formula, to kind of, like, play into the expectations, there's this sort of uh, idea that like they they play out in a certain way, certain like the grim fairy tale perception of of fairy tales, and obviously this this has a sort of hero's journey of its own. It's not you know it, it's not a complete subversion in that respect, but it is you know it, it's poking fun in, in a loving sort of way, and sometimes not so lovingly, at like how you know people know these characters sort of expect certain things from them, and there's a lot of obvious visual gags, and yeah, I mean it, it's one of those films where. Every time I watch it, sometimes I find myself kind of put off by how cynical it is. And sometimes I find myself charmed by its sort of folksy irreverence and in, in its underlining emotional core. And I think I was more the latter than the former this time. I don't know. Maybe it's mm-hmm. because I'm getting closer to Shrek's supposed age. I guess he's supposed to be like in his early 30s by human standards. Mm-hmm. So I think he was like, like in his 80s or something. Well, I mean, he might be, but like for an ogre, that's like. Supposedly he's like around thirty something. Oh, okay. Is is like what his age would be if like compared to a human. Um, I don't actually know his real age because I don't think they ever uh, said it in any of these films. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's hard for me to look at this film objectively at this point. It just it's just part of my yeah. DNA. Uh, Matt, I feel like you're probably in the same camp uh, in that respect. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's it, it's harder for me to watch a film like this for this podcast and have too many objective things to say about it but i don't know i still find myself kind of moved by that ending i don't know about you guys yeah no i I think also in the context of the entire series um it's it is a very sweet film ultimately um and it's got kind of like its rough edges like an ogre um in terms of its humor and its content and whatnot but but really at its core it's this really really nice little story about love and whatever so um Mm -hmm. that's kind of where i stand as well yeah, I mean, you know, obviously at the beginning of it, it's going to be irreverent and crude because that's mirroring Shrek at that point in the journey. And obviously he kind of finds himself submitting to his more romantic side, a side that he didn't even know he had. And yeah, I think it just kind of works as far as translating his journey. And it's just, it is fascinating to wonder, like, would it have always had worked? Is it just lucky timing? Because we recently saw, I don't know if you had seen it, Chris, but I know Matt and I were talking about it off the air, the, uh, the test footage that recently came out that I guess would have been closer to William Stegg's uh, original design and, like, what the character, I guess, might have looked like had Chris Farley lived and completed uh, his time with the character. I don't know. Have you had a chance to see that, Chris? I haven't. Okay. It's scary. It's weird. Yeah, it's just very, like... It, it, it just reminded me, I guess, that, like, if this movie had come out even, like, three years earlier, I just don't know if it would have worked. Uh, it's hard to know because, like, it seemed like that version was going to be a lot more cartoony. Like, it might mm-hmm. be a little bit more Looney Tunesy. So, I don't know. It, it just it would have been a totally different film, and I guess we'd never really know what the Chris Farley voice performance would be like because we've only really gotten like little snippets of it. But right. uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just one of those films that came out at the right time in the right place, and it just kind of, for better or for worse, just really shaped animation and pop culture at large, and. That's why we're doing a whole dang podcast about it. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of like 
I have a couple of general thoughts I could say about the first movie, but I want to let you guys kind of say your piece. If you had anything in particular you wanted to say about this first film. Uh, that's all I've got about the first one. Matt? Um, I only wrote two things down. I mean, because obviously, Willie, you and I talked extensively about Shrek. This was my first time watching it since we finished season one. Um, so that was kind of neat to revisit it. Yeah. Um, I think what Chris said about it being a comfort blanket is very appropriate. Um, you know, especially, you know, knowing every nook and cranny of that movie. Uh, although yet there were still two things that I somehow had never noticed this time. Uh, both of them involved donkey. Okay. The first was that, uh, at the beginning, whenever Shrek tells donkey that he's going to go with him to talk to Farquaad and they put the cape on Shrek. I didn't notice they also put a little flower crown oh, right? on Donkey's head. Yes, yeah. And that Shrek then rips it off of him um, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. That just never, I never caught it. And then also, and I don't think I've noticed this, but it's possible that I just forgot. Um, during the Proclaimers montage sequence, um, Donkey pisses out the fire. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I think we've talked I, about that. I, I'm we sure probably we have. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are the only things I wrote down. You okay. know, you, lo- you gotta love Shrek. It's it's great. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just my general notes, uh, and then we'll wrap it up on Shrek 1, is just that, well, for one, so good to see Felonius again. Um, obviously, we talked about him already in the, mm-hmm. the Ghost of Lord Farquaad segment, but it, it just felt really nice to be like, hey, it's like my old buddy. Mm-hmm. There he is again. Um, I, I also caught this time that, you know, obviously there's been a lot said about the like three pick number three, my lord scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I never really noticed that like after that happens, like he looks at his fingers, realizing that he only put two <laughs> fingers up. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> kind of realizing, I guess, in that moment, it's like, oh, I, I messed up. I should have put three. Um, so that gave me a small chuckle this time around. Nice. Uh, my other notes, uh, weirdly, were all uh, basically related to the uh, gingerbread torturing scene, which mm-hmm. is that the uh, the Lord, I wrote Lord Farquaad's torture scene is a scathing indictment of the Bush Cheney presidency. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I also wrote that Gingy gives up his good friend, the Muffin Man, easily. Um, you yeah. know, just that that those buttons were just too precious for him. I also, I guess, wrote Farquaad is insecure about them nips, uh, you know, during that the mirror scene. And then I guess I didn't realize this until now. Um, Oh, I also wrote that uh, uh, Knight was with the Big Bad Wolf. I didn't realize that during the wedding scene that the Mm. one of the knights, I guess, hooked up with the Big Bad Wolf, which is nice. Uh, But uh, when the when Shrek comes into the the wedding and says like I object when like the priest yeah. like looks horrified close the book I thought that was him being upset like that this marriage was like disrupted or whatever like that kind of like went against tradition but mm-hmm. for whatever reason like all these times I've seen the film it never really hit me until now that he was just scared that Noker ran into the place <laughs> like I don't know why I just never like I was so caught up in my Catholic guilt and like the idea that like sure. tradition was being broken or whatever not that I don't know if this is actually a Catholic wedding but I just assume it was um yeah but I was so caught up just thinking like all these years as a kid and now as a man like oh he just like upset that this like you know tradition the sacred the sanctity was being broken but it was just like oh yeah no he's just like he just terrified an ogre which makes way more sense so that was just me being dumb uh hey. that's all I got don't call <laughs> my friend dumb uh so thank you thank you on my behalf matt <laughs> um yeah that's all i got about shrek one uh 
you know what? I guess normally would jump to Shrek too, but I'm, I'm just so curious to hear about Matt's thoughts on Shrek Forever After, and obviously I want to hear about Chris' thoughts too. But you know, we've we've kind of been hyping this thing up for a while. Uh, you know, this idea of like you know you watching Shrek Forever After at one point when we were mm-hmm. going to do these whole movies uh, for each season, we were going to like you know really get into the nitty gritty of Shrek Forever After in season four. Obviously, that didn't happen, so now is the big moment. You've seen Trek Forever After. Are we skipping three, too? I mean... Well, I just gotta, I'm more curious to hear your thoughts, to be honest, on Trek Forever After, just because, like, you know, I, I know what you think about Trek the Third. Uh, okay. But I just, I mean, because I have no idea at this moment. Yeah, that's what fair. What you think that's about fair. Trek Forever After. So, personally, I'm just very curious to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. But if you want to delay it, I'm by all means, I, we could talk about Trek the Third. Or Shrek the I Third. I don't know, Chris, what do you think? I have, uh, since I have not seen Shrek the Third in its entirety, until now, I have thoughts on Shrek the Third. Okay, yeah. I mean, we can talk about Shrek the Third. That's you know, we can you know add to the suspense, I guess. Because I should we hit yeah. should we hit two on the way, or do we save two for the end? Let's just save two for the end because you okay. know we've okay. we've talked extensively in the past few yeah. months about Shrek Two. If, if we have time, we can get to Shrek Two at the end, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But all right, yeah, Shrek the Third. Um, you know, I guess Chris, you can lead this discussion. Um, what did you think of the film, having seen it for kind of the first time this time? It's not very good. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. With Shrek the Third, there are a good handful of jokes that are really funny. Mm-hmm. And I would say prob- there, there are some jokes that I would count among the best in the franchise. But as a whole movie, very little. There's a lot going on, but also really like not a lot going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I the, never remember this one. The movie moves at such a fast pace, but it's just like, like I'm literally like I'm not okay. Let's see. Uh, Shrek goes to get Arthur, and Prince Charming takes over the town or whatever, and then they go back and get the town back or something. Like that's that's basically the story. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so just a couple of notes I had. Um, donkey with baby Shrek face is horrifying. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sequence is the best part of the movie. Yeah. I'd agree, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, in general, like, I think the movie kind of front loads itself. Like, the better stuff mm-hmm. is in the first 30 minutes, even though, ironically, the worst scene in the whole movie is also in the first 30 minutes. I don't know if you guys can guess what I consider the worst scene in this movie to be. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I know what it is, because I remember talking about it with you before. Which one? I, I think that the the scene with King Harold dying is just kind of horrendous and a tonal disaster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. just because like nothing like, like the death of a major character right. for uh, plenty of jokes. <laughs> I mean, like you know, it is a gutsy decision to kind of try and make that scene comedic. But like, if you're gonna make that scene comedic, you gotta be like real confident in the material. And it just seemed like they were trying to find a way to make it funny, and it just doesn't work at all. And it just kind of communicates to me how sort of like aimless and uh, lazy this whole movie seems to be. You know, just like. They obviously want to make Shrek 3, like, it's a given. Shrek 2 was a huge hit, even bigger than Shrek 1, but, you know, Andrew Adamson's working on those Narnia movies, like, they need someone else to take over, they get Chris Miller or whatever to do it, and it, it, it's just like, they they had, like, an outline for it, I guess Andrew Adamson wrote the story, and I think the outline of the movie has promise, like, the idea that, like, Shrek is going to become a father, and he goes on this journey with King Arthur, and that kind of fuels his desire to want to be a father because he can kind of mentor this child. Like, the idea, there's promise there, but, but it just never really gets there. 
the, yeah, the movie just kind of stops at the outset, stops at the outline. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. Like, it's like one of those things where not only is that like sort of half baked, but like they also need to come up with a B plot, like a villain of the film. And that's really where this movie, I think, fails. Because like the first two movies, you know, say what you will about them, but they have great villains. Like mm-hmm. Lord Farquaad is great villain, very memorable, very funny, uh, mm-hmm. you know, outstanding voice performance from John Lithgow. Likewise, you know, Jennifer Sanders gives a great voice performance as fairy godmother, great villain, you know, good antagonist for the film. This time it's like they were like, well, we got to come up with a villain. And they just kind of threw up their hands and were like, Prince Charming? Well, it's all of them. Well, yeah, it's kind of that too, but I mean, like mainly it's Prince Charming. Yeah, it's he's also the like, leader. Like Prince Charming becomes the leader of like an outcast of all of them. Yeah, it just like, it just feels super half-baked. There's kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of an idea, but it's, like, not very, like, funny on the onset. It just doesn't really go much of anywhere. Uh, uh, it, how yeah. much time passes between two and three? Uh, like, a few months, I'd say. Cause like, like, yeah, I figure it's not long. When the king dies, everybody is so upset. And it's like, you don't even know this guy. He was a prick for the entire last movie. And now everybody's, like, <laughs> Pinocchio's crying or whatever. And it's like... I mean, yeah... I would I would have guessed a few months because like I assume when Prince or sorry King Harold became human, he sort of like outlived the normal lifespan of a frog. So when he became a frog again, he's like probably got pretty sick afterwards. So I would I would guess like a few months after the events of two, especially okay. if like Prince Charming's still around, but he's still like you know disliked largely by the community. Yeah. Uh. But I mean, I guess sometime it passed because there was an in- like somehow, um, what's her face, uh, Larry King, uh, ugly stepsister. What's her- is that, Doris? Doris, yeah. She like kind of got outskirted from the villains and became like part of the kingdom or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, and I will say, Larry King's voice performance in this one of the highlights of the film. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote here, uh, Larry King voices a character who seduces a guard using a bare leg. <laughs> yeah, she owns her sexuality, and I think that's kind of awesome. Yeah. I just love that it's Larry King doing the voice. Yeah, he and he seems to be having a ball. Like I think oh, he's yeah, having he's a game. lot of fun. Uh, Regis um, is also game, but he doesn't really get as much to do. But yeah. right, uh, let's see. Um, I laughed really hard. Probably the hardest I laughed in the whole movie is when Charming is uh, trying to get information out of Pinocchio. And Pinocchio is phrasing his answers in such a convoluted way that he's not actually lying, but he's not mm-hmm. making any sense whatsoever. I thought that was really funny. It's a clever gag. Yeah. I mean, I also, th- I mean, that scene, I, I, I like the whole, like, Gingy's life flashes before his eyes. <laughs> yes. Like, I thought that was kind of an inspired montage of events. Gingy. With a little, with a little Farquaad cameo. Yeah. yeah. Farquaad's there. Well, that's, I think that's just the footage from the first movie, right? Um, that they mm-hmm. replayed. It was new. But I think there's also, like, I mean, I know you guys haven't rewatched Scared Trekless, but they show a little bit from one of the stories, I think, from uh, Scared Trekless in this montage, which I thought, mm. watching Scared Trekless, like, oh, that's from that montage. Gingy is, Gingy is peak adorable in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when Donkey swallows his vomit, that was funny. I don't know why, it just was. When they're about to crash. What's that? I don't even remember that. He, they're about to crash their boat into the rocks, and then Donkey's mm-hmm. like, Shrek! Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah. Uh, I Let's will see. say, speaking of Donkey, I find his characterization in this film kind of confusing. 
because like apparently he went to college, but he doesn't know what sex is. He's like, how he's does a, it happen? He, he's a father. <laughs> to be so, fair, I didn't. Yeah, that's just, he is a father. I didn't learn about sex in college either, but um, it's uh, yeah, that's true. He is a father. I I mean, well, that that raised a lot of questions that about kind of, you, Chris. But that kind um, of ruins the joke for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just like I don't know if that's part of the joke. Is that like he would know obviously what sex is if he had multiple kids? But I don't know. It just it just doesn't work. It's not a funny joke. So. I thought well, it was funny until you told me that you reminded me that Donkey has children. I'm like, ugh, that joke's not funny anymore. It just raises too many questions. <laughs> it raises well, too hey, many questions. Uh, dragons hatch out of eggs. Sure. So it's possible that he doesn't know. I mean, exactly. he does kind of have like a child's perspective of being a father. So I guess that makes sense. Maybe Donkey is um, I mean, shooting blanks. Uh, well, I don't, I mean, that would, even if he was shooting blanks, dragon gets, dragon gets artificially inseminated from the donkey sperm center or whatever. Well, I mean, even if he is shooting blanks, that would mean he had to have had sex, right? Yeah, I guess so. Unless he knew, he knew, he's, he, he knew that he's shooting blanks and they didn't ever have sex. Let's talk about something else. Are you implying that like Shrek or donkey thought he knew what sex was until he started shooting blanks and then he's just like. Well, maybe I don't know what sex is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. His whole uh, his whole perception is shattered. I don't know. What I will say uh, to transition from one uncomfortable segment to another is that my main takeaway from this movie is that it made me think about Shrek's penis and testicles more than most movies I've seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not only with the o- the cold opening where uh, Donkey is laid witness to Shrek's penis and testicles. Uh, but, you know, just the idea that canonically in this film, even though, you know, heavily suggested in two and probably in one, but Shrek has uh, the sex. Uh, it's yep. confirmed. That he does. You know, so here's uh, my two biggest issues with this movie. I wrote this note. Arthur sucks and the whole Merlin bit is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's really like like the movie doesn't really work in the beginning, but there's like some juice to it. Like it. And that's where I was kind of like when I was rewatching the film, I was like, OK, you know. Those first 30 minutes, I'm like, maybe this movie isn't quite as bad as I thought it was. And then we get to King Arthur and Merlin and all that. And just like, it just is a flat line. It's terrible. It, it's just like, that's, yeah. it's just nothing. Like, it's Merlin just boring. Is, yeah. Merlin the high is school, awful. Yeah, Merlin sucks. The high school stuff sucks. Arthur is just dull. Justin Timberlake's not giving a good, good voice performance. It's just bad. Yeah, I... Think I, I have a note that just says this one feels designed to sell merchandise. Oh yeah. The one funny thing about Merlin is that uh, did you guys know the controversy with Eric Idle during the premiere of Shrek the Third? No. Yes. Um, okay. So they made they did the there's a joke in the movie where they clap the yeah the, in the opening the yeah the like, coconuts together to resemble the the horse or whatever and Eric Idle. Right got upset because they they quote-unquote stole that from Holy Grail. Yeah, he left the, the premiere within the first two minutes, I guess. Even oh. though he had, obviously, I presume, read the script or whatever. They did that little scene. It's like a homage, like, hey, we got Eric Idle. We got John Cleese. We got these, you know, My Python movie uh, people in our film. Like, let's do a little homage to Holy Grail. And I guess instead of taking that as, like, a tip of the hat to his work, he's just like, they stole my joke. 
and he stormed out of the <laughs> yeah. premiere and he like went on the radio like while he was supposed to be promoting the film being like this is a disgrace you guys don't oh see gosh. this movie they, they they owe me money <laughs> it's like they well they paid you to be in the film it's like they owe me more money <laughs> uh, I, I, I Eric Idle sounds like an unhappy person well I mean Eric he's like primarily the dude uh, was like spam a lot right so he like holds uh, like holy grail pretty near and dear to his heart I guess so I don't know. I mean, just I thought it was kind of overblown, but um, I'll have to pull the article because he has some amazing quotes about that whole thing. Uh, yeah, that's just see more about dumb. that. Um, I wrote donkey and puss in boots swap is not funny, and I underlined yeah. not funny. Yeah, it's just not. But it doesn't go anywhere. It's not secondary it's plot material. Yeah. It's, it's lazy. It's like, wouldn't that be funny if Antonio Banderas mean. was a donkey or whatever? It, it feels like they just were like, we need to make a Shrek movie. Uh, what can we get in here? Okay, King Arthur? Yeah, that works. Um, okay, well, we need to do something interesting with the main characters. Uh, how about Donkey and Puss in Boots do Freaky Friday? That works, yeah. Shrek's scared of being a dad? Okay, sure, let's go. Um, right. What if we have all the villains team up, and we'll have all the princesses team up to fight him? Yeah, that's fun. Girl power. Like, it's just, it's it's so lazy, yeah. this movie. I was going to say the part where the princess does the thing with the birds, they do the immigrant song for like 20 seconds. Yeah. I winced. That was awful. <laughs> I mean, I've, it, why not just set the entire siege to that song? And right, then, yeah, it like changes to a different song. <laughs> yeah, and then you can you can call Thor Ragnarok derivative. Yeah. Win-win. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. It's just kind of, it's a boring movie. Um, I did do this, though, because after I was done with Shrek the Third, I, I wrote this note. I googled, Shre- I searched Shrek on HBO, and Batman Returns was one of the uh, hits. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, I yes. assume it's because of Christopher Walken's character, Max Shrek, but it was uh, it was really it took me a couple minutes to make that connection but yeah when i google i just googled or i just searched shrek and it's like batman returns it's like the second the second <laughs> hit after shrek the third <laughs> well so, did you have something to say well i, I pulled up that article with eric idle where he got oh, okay well i i actually kind of underestimated um how seriously he took it he was gonna sue dreamworks oh my gosh yeah. uh and like when he was on the radio talking about it um they were kind of like the presenter was kind of just like you know dude like this is kind of supposed to be like homage like you're kind of freaking out and he said do you think yeah so uh you know he was like basically saying like it's homage your work don't freak out i'm paraphrasing obviously Uh, eric idol went do you think if i stole your wallet that'd be homage to your money oh (laughs) my god (laughs) which is a pretty good quote but it's also just like (laughs) dude like what the heck it's literally not the same thing, but yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it's just kind of funny. Um, but I, I, I guess, guess eventually it kind of he got over it. So, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I mean. That, well, uh, on yeah. the subject of the movie's opening, one of my only other notes about Shrek the Third uh, is that this is the only movie in the Shrek series that doesn't start and end with a book opening mm. and closing. Uh, and I think that that is like a harbinger of how it doesn't seem to fit with the rest. And yeah. also the laziness. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like kind of to your point, Matt, it just kind of feels like Andrew Adamson was just like, hey, look, I'm busy. I'm doing these Narnia movies. Like, here's an outline. 
you know, to kind of give you the guys a head start and then and they something. shot that. And they're like, "Oh, good, you gave us a script." And it's like, "Well, no, 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 that's not a script. Like, that's an outlet." It's like, "We got a script. Like, let's roll into production." <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they, I mean, "They call him up and they're like, hey, Shrek, Shrek three. He's like King Arthur or whatever." And then puts hangs the phone up and then they. <laughs> They yeah. took it and ran with it. Yeah. Oh god, the King Arthur stuff is terrible. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm uh, actually like, I'm actually souring on the movie more as I'm talking about it with you guys. It's just bad. I mean, I'm, I, I yeah. hate to, you know, be a negative Nancy about it, but. Um, well, I, I'm glad to be a negative Nancy about it. Sure. I mean, I will. Uh, we'll end this on a couple positives. I have to say, which is that I wrote two things that did kind of make me chuckle. Both are in the the first 15 minutes of the film. Uh, I will say during like the montage of Shrek kind of uh, pretending to be a king, I I knew it was happening, but just the the shot of Shrek throwing the bottle at the boat and just like annihilating it and it just (laughs) catches fire. I think that's that's kind of funny. Like it's just just so bizarre and so over the top. uh, You know, it it works. That's funny. Oh, I was going to say, did you you like the the bit where um, Snow White gifts a dwarf to Fiona? That was funny. <laughs> that was. She's like, I got six more at home. Okay, that, yeah, right. I was like, that was funny. When I when I first saw that, I, I actually did watch that one high, um, <laughs> and I it kind of it skipped my mind that Snow White had seven dwarfs for some reason. In my head, it's like she had twelve or something, and oh I was like, gosh. where are the other ones? <laughs> How many of these is she giving away? <laughs> They're multiplying. And I wrote it down. I was like, no, wait a second. Snow White and the Seven Doors. She only gave away the one. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> My last note was just that uh, one line that actually kind of unsuspectingly made me chuckle was just when uh, Shrek and Fiona are in bed together and she's like trying to like gracefully talk about kids. Uh, Shrek just starts a conversation by saying, have you seen a baby lately? <laughs> Which <laughs> God, just it's such a bizarre sentence to say. I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, those, that's my, uh, I guess, few positives on the film. I, I agree with you, Chris and Matt, that it's just a, a lazy and inferior sequel. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I treat, even though I don't love Shrek Forever After, I'd say that's a more appropriate, like, conclusion to that trilogy than Shrek. Yes. The third. Though I agree with you, the baby stuff is fun. Uh, the montage is definitely the best part of that film. Yeah, you could actually lift Shrek the third wholesale out of the... You could yep. just excise it completely, and you would lose it. literally nothing. Besides much, just mean, the kids being born, it's just like, oh, okay, they had kids, but you know you can get and, that from the yeah. And they left like the the kingdom, but you could you could just do like a monologue basically and just kind of infer like yeah, that's like. I mean, they do. Yeah. They they put it in a book at the beginning of Shrek right. Forever. That's after, what I mean. So yeah. You, so yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it tells you all you need to know. All right. Yeah. So Shrek Forever After. Uh, let's not delay this anymore. Matt, <laughs> you finally have seen this film. Chris, you said you had seen it before already, right? Or no. you hadn't. Okay, you both I, had I seen thought it. I had, but um, but okay. I hadn't. That's right, that's right. But I'll start with Matt just because, you know, there's a, a history with this film and him. Right. Uh, you know, we've talked about yeah. this film, but you hadn't seen it. You have seen it yes. now. I have no idea what you yeah. think of this movie. Matt. What do you think of Shrek Forever After? Well, um, this Shrek Forever After is better than Shrek the Third. Yar. It's better than Shrek the Third, and that's not saying much, obviously, and it shouldn't really be saying much. 
I, because it's yeah. yeah. What? No, I was gonna say like, like if Shrek the Third, it's like a star better than Shrek yeah. the Third, but like Shrek the Third's like a one point five out of five, and this is exactly. Like a, it's like a two point five out of five. Yes, it's it's better in that it's like a competent movie that feels fleshed out and not like it's a little bit more memorable. Um, but it's still pretty forgettable. Yeah, I don't know. It was good. I I enjoyed it fine. It was nice to like get a new Shrek movie. The animation is weird. Chris mentioned, and I I definitely wanted to talk about it because I was like, oh boy, it's from 2007 to 2010. That's like there's like three years in there. That was a good time for animation. And it seems like with this movie, they had the like rendering correct, but not the camera and the lighting yet. Yeah. Um, which something, is weird because Pixar was there. Something is just know. off with the textures in this movie. It just and the camera and the camera and then the witches look horrible. Yes, they all look the same. It's like they it's it's like they photoshopped human faces onto the witches or something. I don't know. Like the look well, of this movie is just not pleasant. But like, Rumpelstiltskin is animated phenomenally. Yeah. For whatever reason, he looks great, and I don't know if it's because it's, like, a new character that they were able to just, like, he's a, a newer model, and they were using older models for the others. I don't know. Well, that's because but, uh, they just got renowned uh, Academy Award-winning director Danny Boyle to play him. That, that He wasn't animated. Oh. That's my joke, is that, like, I think Rubble Stilson <laughs> looks a distractingly a lot like Academy Award-winning director Danny Boyle. Does <laughs> he? <laughs> Yeah, pull up a picture of Danny Boyle and then pull up a picture of Rumpelstiltskin. They look weirdly very, very similar. To the point where, like, I remember when this movie came out, it was just like, why is the villain oh of the last Shrek movie Danny Boyle? <laughs> wow, you are not kidding. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my like, God. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, I uh, see it. That's... <laughs> Alrighty. That's I don't terrific. know why it is, but, like, it's just... They, they made him... They, they turned the villain of Shrek 4 into Danny Boyle. Uh, I don't know. Um, maybe just Mike Mitchell was just very upset that Slumdog Millionaire won Best Picture <laughs> over one of his movies or something. But it should be said. I think uh, maybe the reason why this one has tried to go for a more realistic look is because the director of the film, Mike Mitchell, like I think he's worked on SpongeBob and like a few animated things, but he's primarily worked in live action. Like I think he did like Sky mm-hmm. High. He did. Uh, sure. I know he did Trolls after this, but like he he did like a lot of live action things before this. And I don't know if that was like his attempt to like ground the film a little bit more is to like give it a little bit more of like a grounded look. Maybe. And maybe. I don't know. But I agree with you that like visually this movie is a lot more drab, which is why I think it's more, I would, the only thing I would push back against what you said is just that I think it's a little bit more forgettable, forgettable. than, than thir- mm. the third one, just because like they go to less locations and then visually those yeah. locations look less interesting. Like a lot of the movies like in darkness, like Actually, I, had, I agree with you. Like, I had to turn my screen up, the brightness, a lot <laughs> when I was watching this movie because, like, a, like, I was having trouble seeing, like, a lot of the second act of the film because, like, for some reason, they're trying to, like, make it look like it's all natural lighting and stuff, which, I don't know, maybe on, like, a big digital screen looks beautiful, but I was watching it, like, on my phone, so it just, it was just kind of <laughs> hard to see, and it made me appreciate the movie less and made it look visually a lot more drab. Um, yeah, and so, like, I just felt like, you know, for all the sins of the third movie, it is a pretty bright, colorful, poppy-looking yeah. movie, and this one just like it—it's it just very textureless, uh, weirdly. Yeah. 
Um, I think this movie deserved a Farquad cameo, and it never came. Yeah. Well, he's in the credits, I guess. Yeah, he shows up in the credits in old footage. Sorry, Chris, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just kind of looking at some of the trivia to see if maybe there's something to do with um, uh, the quality of the animation. It said it's the first Shrek movie to be in 3D. Maybe that has something to do with it. Like mm, maybe. The, the rendering Wait. is wrong or the, the post-conversion. I also saw this. The flute solos played by the Pied Piper were played by Jeremy Stig, a well-known jazz flutist. He's also the son of the author of the original Shrek book. Huh. Oh, that's cool. I, I like the idea that, like, the Pied Piper doesn't talk. He only speaks in flute or with his pipe. Yeah, uh, I like that. I thought that was a kind of clever joke. It didn't really go anywhere, but it was just, like, kind of a funny idea. Um, and that he has, like, different notches for mm-hmm. how he speaks. Different creatures. And one yeah. for socks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, kind of like what you're saying, Matt. It's just like, the movie, it weirdly doesn't have a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not very funny. But it this is movie like... rolls dark. Yeah, it just doesn't, like, its story is fairly well told, I guess. Like, it's like, like, it's pretty watchable. Yeah. And like, it, it, like, story-wise, it like, moves at a competent pace. But it just doesn't really, like, joke a lot. It's not very funny. And it's not, like we said, very memorable. It's just, like, yeah, it just kind of feels like a sort of tired. Yeah, it's just, like, you know, we kind of have to wrap up Shrek. What's an idea we can do? Let's just do, like, the It's a Wonderful Life sort of thing with some Wizard of Oz homages. Neither of those are really fairy tales. Yeah, I know, but, like, they're movies, so let's do that. And, like, they kind of came up with some other ideas as it went along. And, yeah, I think the ending of it is actually very sweet. And I like yes. the birthday party scene. Um, yeah, Diderot. Yeah, Diderot. Diderot. I love you, Daddy. <laughs> uh, he reminded me of the guy in the in the training dummy from Master Disguise. <laughs> slapping slapping yeah. dummy man. I think I'm more favorable on this movie than you guys are. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not really negative on it. Sorry, I'm yawning. Uh, yeah, first of yeah, again, like, my first thought of this movie is, like, holy cow, this is a dark movie, like, in terms, tonally, like, it is, like, I pulled up the Metacritic things, and it's like, it's as hilarious and heartfelt as the first one, and it's like, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's like, Shrek got, Shrek died as a baby. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Shrek the movie wishes is like, his kids were dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrek wishes kids were dead, and then Rumpelstiltskin makes it so he was never born, and then there is a friggin' revolution, and Fiona is a warrior who never got out of her castle, and there's a... It's like, they're like, what about the part in Back to the Future Part 2 where Hill Valley is controlled by Biff? Hold my <laughs> beer, let's make it the whole movie. Yeah. It's just like this... This is just, like, miserable dystopian, like, where people are, are sick and dying. Like, when Rumpelstiltskin is talking, like, people, are, homeless people are gathered in the street and they're coughing because they have the black lung or whatever. And, yes. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's just, like, horrifying. And then... The the Fleetwood Mac montage is really good. Which one is that? That's whenever Shrek, like, has his day as an ogre again, where he's just scaring all the people and it's playing on top of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... That that was great, I thought. But that sorry, was really I good. Um, I think the idea of the Pied Piper is horrifying, <laughs> where that he can play his flute and you're compelled to dance until you like die or he decides to stop playing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like when the whole thing, like when he's making all the ogre soldiers dance, I was like, is he just going to dance until it kills them? Or is he taking them to the, ca- he took them to the castle, but it's like, mm-hmm. what if he just didn't stop playing? <laughs> yeah. Puss and Boots eats Gingy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, Gingy gets eaten in this Gingy one. Gingy gets eaten. He dies. <laughs> Um, the ogres are going to eat Rumpelstiltskin. It's like this. It's like, I don't know. Oh, and then uh, I wrote nose eyeballs, which I (laughs) believe was when donkey donkey. (laughs) that was that was quite the image. Um, Yeah. Again, there's not too many jokes in this movie, but one of the ones I laughed hardest at is when Shrek takes a fall from a great height. And then he says, I think I fell on my keys. (laughs) 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 That's that's dumb, but it's it's good. It's good. Um, Let's see. And then Rumpelstiltskin puts Shrek and Fiona in the device where they can't touch each other because the the chains and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the dragon's going to kill them and the witches are watching and they're throwing bombs. And it's like this movie really swings for the fences in terms of (laughs) its story. Putting the characters in danger. (laughs) Putting the characters in danger. I I think it's a really interesting movie because it actually takes that... um, it takes that risk. It takes that leap to to tell a very unconventional story for Shrek, and it actually really commits to the um, the dark concept of what if Shrek was never alive? Because you know, it's a wonderful life. Is like, aren't they just like, oh, you know, whatever? But then, like, it, it, the world's not a horrible cesspool of revolution and 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 uh, tyranny. In it's a wonderful life because he wasn't born, right? Right. Everything's just kind of like, oh, he wasn't alive. It's like, no, because Shrek never lived, the world is totally screwed. Yes. <laughs> Everything fell to pieces because Shrek didn't exist. Yeah. Um, Shrek is the linchpin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, uh, Chris, I, I do agree that, like, the movie is taking some swings, and because it's the last Shrek film and they publicize it as such... You mm-hmm. could kind of be like, oh, like, not that I ever really thought that, like, Shrek was going to die, but right. theoretically kind of be like, well, I don't know. I mean, this is the last one, you know, he could, he could croak, you know, who knows? Um, but it, it, it seemed pretty unlikely that they were going to do that. But I agree, like, I think I would be cooler with the movie if it just was funnier because they had, like, so many opportunities to do jokes. Like, you would think, like, all right, Puss in Boots is fat now. It's like, obviously, you're going to do, like, Garfield stuff with him. And they mm-hmm. just don't? Really? Yeah. Like, 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 there's, like, couple jokes. Like, he slides down slow and stuff. But it's all very, like, if Garfield, during its current run, seems more inspired than your, like, fat orange tabby <laughs> cat jokes, then, like, that's, yeah. that's, like, a problem. Like, that's something you, like, need to have a meeting about and do, like, extra lines or something. I don't know. Like, it just... It just seems like the movie is like taking itself a little too seriously, weirdly. Yeah, like, yeah, I agree. And like, what does jokes like with Donkey? They're just like weird jokes. Like he calls Gingy Cracker. Yeah, and, yeah. and the jokes like, just feel compulsory. Yes, right. They, they, they. It's weird. Like it, it feels like it's a bad call when it seems weird when a Shrek movie is telling a joke. And there's like a lot of times where it's just like. <laughs> Oh, why did Donkey say that? Oh, yeah, because he's, like, telling a joke because it's supposed to be a comedy. But, like, everything Chris says, like, true, where it's, like, yeah, but there's, like, a tyrannical dictator that's forcing ogres into revolution. And 
Shrek may never see his kids again that he wished were dead. And it's just like, I don't know. It, it's just like a weird, they make a lot of weird decisions. I agree with Chris that it's kind of bold that they made some risk, but I just don't really get why this was a story they felt they needed to tell with Shrek for the final chapter. If you told me that this movie was like the Die Hard thing where it was a different script and they just kind of retrofitted it to be a Shrek movie, then I would totally believe you. <laughs> I mean, it is a different script. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm, I'm like hard pressed to think of any of the jokes in the movie, like the 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 keys one and then the one where Rumpelstilts can ask the Pied Piper to pull up his socks and the Pied Piper has a sock setting on his flute. And then he plays it, and it's like, and they come up. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that one. I mean, there's like one joke that I, I wrote down that I laughed at, which is that um, when Donkey meets Shrek, he was just like, Donkey, and then uh, Donkey's just like, how did you know my name? It was just like kind of like, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because his name's Donkey, whatever. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I, I told that joke very poorly, but it's just like, yeah, it's like an okay joke. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um. I will say, speaking of that scene, and I, I'm not going to dive into this more, but I, I will just say that seeing Donkey being whipped as a slave was certainly a, a choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like the don't talk to me, I, I don't want to get in trouble. Right. Yeah. That was a, just a weird, weird choice. Um, uh, also, uh, did we want to get into like the Mike Myers-ness of this film? What's the Mike Myers-ness you, yeah, of this film? All right, so like... While this movie, in between um, Shrek the Third and Shrek Forever After, like Mike Myers' life was kind of falling apart. Uh, mm. Like he was like getting divorced. Love Guru came out, uh, and like just like kind of destroyed <laughs> his worse. career. Oh yeah, I mean Love Guru is a terrible film, but like basically, Mike Myers had kind of built a reputation for all these years of like not being a pleasant person to work with. But he was mm-hmm. like a bankable name. And it's like, well, yeah, like you're not going to like stop working with Mike Myers. Like he's huge. He's Shrek. Yeah. He's, you know, Wayne. He's Austin Powers. But like the Austin Powers franchise was dead. The Shrek franchise is kind of coming to a close. Cat in the Hat yeah, was people a People pre- were sick of Shrek. I remember when this one was coming out. People were sick of Shrek and they were getting sick of Mike Myers. Uh, yeah. and, and the Love Guru was like a huge flop. Like Cat in the Hat was a flop. And then. Not to me, damn it. Sure. I, I mean, like, box office-wise, it was a flop. And critically, but, you know, at least that's a movie where it's, like, you kind of respect it, even if you don't like it, I guess. Love yeah. Guru, like, I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone that, like, will vouch for Love Guru outside of, like, yeah, it's not as bad as you've heard or whatever. But, um, you know, that, like, he put a lot of stake into that movie. Backfired tremendously, and, um, you know, like, he... Like, his career was, like, in, in disarray, and, like, it's obviously his personal life was falling apart. Like, it wasn't all, like, terrible. Like, he had that cameo in Inglorious Bastards in 2009, but, like, you know, Mike Myers, like, his brand was falling apart. Like, he took a big break after this movie came yeah. out. And it just, like, there's a lot of divorced dad energy into Shrek in this movie and, like, mm-hmm. in his performance. Like, weirdly, I think this is one of his better voice performances because I kind of have to wonder if a lot of this personal stuff that's going on with him is kind of fueling his performance as Shrek. Mm. Like, you know, I don't know. That's just me speculating. I don't really, like, feel comfortable, like, diving into Mike Myers' personal life. But, like... Sure. I just... I, it's hard for me not to, like, kind of think about the kind of the parallels that are happening where, like, not only is, like, Mike Myers just in a bad place kind of at this point, but also, like, there is something you can kind of relate to with Shrek where he's, like, 
you know, he's just kind of going through the motions. Like he's done like three Austin Powers movies. He's done three Shrek movies. You know, he tried to do something different with Love Guru. It backfires. So it's just like for him, if he's doing anything, he's just kind of just like going through the like just doing all the same jokes again and all this stuff. And you know, he can, mm-hmm. you can kind of see that with like you know people would think like he would be happy, but he's obviously maybe miserable because he's just kind of doing the same shit over and over again. I don't know. That's me. That's where it gets into speculation territory. But I kind of wonder if maybe this is a Shrek film that Mike Myers can relate to a little bit more at this time in his life. I definitely see that. Um, I, I found the, um, I think part of why I'm, I'm kind of uh, uh, like this movie is that the ending is, is frankly very moving. Um, when he finds himself back at the party, I think it's a great ending when he, he hugs Fiona and it's like, I've never been better. I think all of that was like really solid on an emotional payoff level. Um, yeah. and when he's about to fade away, Marty McFly style, um, he said, you're the one I fell in love with you all over again. I thought that was a really well delivered moving line. I think the, 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 the emotional payoff of this movie, I think is extremely strong. Um, and I think I agree with you that Mike Myers, uh, voice, uh, performance in this really contributed to that. Yeah, I mean, I actually think the end of the film, like the last like 10, 15 minutes kind of boosts this movie up to like a half a star for me. Like I think watching it for the most part, I'm kind of like a two out of five for most of it. I'm like, yeah, it's like, especially in the middle, I'm like, this isn't really going anywhere. It's it's like kind of spinning its wheels. It doesn't look very good. There's not a lot of jokes, but then like the, the it kind of nails the ending. And so I'm like a little bit, it's yeah. not enough for me to like the movie, but it's enough to make me a little sympathetic and like, okay, you, you kind of fumbled for most of this, but you got this right. So, you know, it's like overall kind of amounts to just like an okay movie, but considering it's coming after Shrek the third, it's like, okay, you didn't like torch the franchise completely. It's like, it's kind of limping to the finish line, but it's not, you know, it's not a disaster at this point. I liked it more than Puss in Boots. Oh, now that okay, so that's our big hot take, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I don't, I I don't agree with that, but because I think Puss in Boots, like I'm not gonna say it's like a great movie, but like it felt kind of invigorating to watch Puss in Boots after Shrek the Third, yeah, and Shrek Forever after, because it's like oh, like you know, not a perfect movie, but it's like clearly there's a lot more inspiration in this. Like visually, it's a lot better. Story wise, it's a lot spunkier. Like there are actually jokes in the movie that are kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with any of those points. (laughs) Okay. So why do you still enjoyed Shrek more? I just think Shrek forever after again, like I, not knowing anything about it, I was like, Oh, he, it's like he was never alive or whatever. And that's all I knew about Shrek forever after. So I think, um, the themes and the emotion and the, 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 the things that Shrek Forever After just tried to do were just such an interesting, it was just such an interesting watch for me. And I really appreciated the, um, some of the things they were, they were doing in that movie, I guess it's, it's just, um, and then the payoff is so good in Shrek Forever After. I mean, I, I was going to, I was going to say it a little bit ago, but I would, I would say Shrek uh, Forever After is much closer to Shrek two than to Shrek the third in terms of quality, if that makes sense. I get what you're saying, and I, I can understand in that, like, because this is, like, the end of the franchise, and you're kind of, you've, you've watched all these movies at this point, you can kind of get a little bit more emotionally out of that moment, because it actually kind of works, and also you've been yeah. invested in those characters in a way that, like, ultimately, Puss in Boots is a fairly disposable film, like, it doesn't really add or take away a lot to the franchise, it's just kind of like a fun spin-off, standalone film, 
But I agree. Like, if you're emotionally really connected to the end of the film and you've been kind of digging it throughout, it's understandable why you'd like that movie a little bit more than Puss in Boots. I mean, it could also be because I, I have a, a recently born niece and my mom has been doing a psyops and sending me pictures of her to try to get me to get a kid or whatever. Um, so it's <laughs> oh. like I have a responsibility for, for children in, in terms of being an uncle, kind of. So I think there's kind uh. of there's a weight to that as well. And also the fact that, um, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about having kids. So there is kind of that element mm. of two. It's like, what if I have kids and I don't want them anymore? Wow. I wish they were dead and I make a deal that I was never born or whatever. With Rumpelstiltskin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but yeah, but Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. First thing I will say, what an absolute banger of a soundtrack. Yeah. Sure. The soundtrack is terrific. I think all these movies have pretty good soundtracks, except for Shrek Forever After. I just don't really Which remember any didn't songs. Really that. Have, uh, the Fleetwood it's Mac. It's the Weezer cover of... Uh... <laughs> I did I like that. I, I hate Weezer, but I thought that Aww. was a novel choice to have Weezer cover that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess Chris doesn't know how much Matt likes Weezer. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not really a fan of Weezer either, but that's that's neither here nor there. But if it makes you feel better, I hate Imagine Dragons more. That, I think Imagine sure. Dragons is a significantly worse band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I would say about Shrek... Or from about Puss in Boots, one of my first notes um, is that the jump in animation from Shrek Forever After to Puss in Boots is insane, astronomical for, for only yeah. being a year later. Like, right. what happened? <laughs> yeah, I had to like, I had to honestly think about because I was like, this movie come out in like 2014. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I remember like I saw this in like my freshman year of college. I was like, this had to be like only a year later. And I was just like, wow, like what, what an advancement. I don't know. And it's weird because like. Also in 2010 was uh, How to Train Your Dragon. So I don't know. I just don't really know like what the deal was with the animation for Shrek Forever After because clearly DreamWorks was advancing. It's just like that was just a. Uh, uh, um, uh, Maybe that one was in development for a while. Yeah. I don't know. It could have been. I mean, there's also another thing on the Forever After trivia that that Fiona she had the long flowing hair instead of the braids or whatever, and that mm-hmm. they accomplished that through a huge advancement in, in computers. It's like, what, did you use all the CPU for the hair or whatever? <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, I agree. Like, from the opening shots of Puss in Boots, beautiful mm-hmm. animation. And yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to see Puss in Boots, The Final Wish. Um, yes. Because the animation of that is a little bit different style, but it's very mm-hmm. vibrant. I'm, I, I definitely want to see that one in theaters. Definitely. Yeah, that one has kind of more of, like, a storybook things so that might yes. actually benefit the whole like kind of fairy tale ish aspect of it um yeah but um okay so we kind of heard a little bit from chris as far as what he thinks about puss in boots matt this is your first time watching the film as well kind of detail your thoughts on this movie um i i enjoyed it i had an interesting viewing experience because I started it pretty late last night and ended up falling asleep. So I had to rewatch like the last half hour today. Um, and I think it's definitely more enjoyable than Shrek's three and four. Um, but it's also a little forgettable. Um, I, agree. I don't know, but the, the, the animation is really good. Um, I like, I really like the character design and animation for Humpty Dumpty. I didn't realize that he was such a big character in this. So that was a pleasant surprise. Um, 
as a Humpty Dumpty stan. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was fun. Antonio Banderas gives a good performance. Uh, Selma Hayek gives a good performance. Yeah, they uh, they reunited. I like that a Were lot. They- yeah. Were they in something else together? I, this is really ignorant. I'm sorry. Uh, Desperado no, and Once Upon yeah, a Time in Mexico. Yeah, they ah. were uh, in that. And I think, like, the story is kind of liberally taking from both, obviously, Zorro, The Mask of Zorro, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Desperado. Like, it's kind of just like an gotcha. infusement of those two films with, like, Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> it was Humpty Dumpty uh, there. Yeah. Humpty Alexander Dumpty. Yes. The joke about Humpty Dumpty needing help getting off and onto things got old insanely fast. I was okay with that. I thought it was kind of... Did he die at the end? So well, no, he's in the clouds. He's in the That's credits. That's what I was... Like a meta- I was very confused, because it looked like it was just a normal egg, and then the goose just came in, because he was like, oh, I knew there was good in you all along. And then yeah. in the credits, it shows him alive. So the Wikipedia synopsis said that he faked his death, but that's not really implied in the movie at all. He's yeah, just, I, I think he died. Okay. I think the credits is just like, hey, here's the character that Zach Galifianakis played. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but no, he's dead. Uh, I I was um, very uh, unnerved by the idea that Humpty Dumpty like fell to his death and now he's just a golden egg on the inside. <laughs> like, where's all his bits? You know, what's yeah, I want I was expecting to see the all the king's horses and all the king's men trying to put them together again. Yeah, but. Oh, he's a golden yeah. egg. I mean, that, that, was, yeah. that was really weird. Uh, I assume that that happens uh, a- off screen after he yeah, died. Yeah, presumably. Um, he also has a penis, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Because well, remember, he changes and they're like all grossed out. If, it, if he was just like, if there was nothing going on there, they, they I don't think Puss and uh, uh, what I was, don't. Kitty. I don't know. Yeah, Kitty. Kitty, Kitty soft yeah, Kitty, paws or whatever. Kitty soft. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who I guess will be back in the sequel. Uh, yeah, as far as the yeah. trailers are, are showing, I don't know to what extent. Um, but seems like co-lead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I I thought the implication was that he uh, this egg had a penis and testicles. Um, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to bring up penis and testicles and genitalia so much in this like episode, but multiple times half yeah. the movies <laughs> that we talked about so far today have been featured that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, little Boy Blue. I liked the Little Boy Blue being there. Like, I liked that this one featured more nursery rhymes down to Mother Goose being the, like, final big bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's up with, like, this movie and Trek Forever After prominently featuring Goose? Or Geese, I should say. I get the feeling that these were developed separately. Yeah. Okay. And so that, that was, like, kind of a mistake. Not mistake, but, like, an accident of sorts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I prefer the kind of kaiju mother goose in this film as opposed to Rumpelstiltskin's weird goose. Scary. Yeah. yeah. I, that was actually I one of my I did like notes. the way that, that one died, though, with Fiona singing and yeah. making it explode. That was a fun callback. I guess, yeah. It was kind of... I, yeah, I, I agree that the kaiju goose is, is a novel idea. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because, like, obviously, like, Mother Goose is such a big fairy tale character, and it's, like, you mm-hmm. never really got the seat. Unless, like, that, that was supposed to be Mother Goose in Shrek Forever After. I'm not exactly sure. I, I didn't... I thought that was just supposed to be some goose. Yeah, um, I think it's a different goose. Um, I, I wrote... Actually, one of my notes was just that 
that's one big ass goose. <laughs> and then little did I know uh, or remember that there'd be an even bigger ass goose <laughs> in uh, Puss in Boots. But yeah, a lot of, I don't know, maybe just Katzenberg just has a really big thing for geese. Um, yeah. Was he involved with Untitled Goose Game or whatever? No, I don't, I don't think so. Think so. Okay. I don't know. Um, I did not like the twist that Humpty Dumpty was bad again and everybody was working for him. Yeah, that was kind of lame. Including Jack and Jill and Kitty and the whole town. Not not a good twist. Yeah, I mean, my only I didn't mind that so much, but I will say my one of my chief complaints of the film is that there are way too many flashbacks in this film. Like I felt like yeah. half the movie are like flashbacks in a film yeah, that's already his, in a film that's already about, a prequel. Yeah, his thing about Humpty Dumpty betraying him, it's like, "Oh, we're going to have a little a little a little a little scene of him getting betrayed." It's like, "No, that's like 25 minutes." Yeah, we go into a full backstory. Yeah, I guess we should note that this was supposed to be like a directed DVD film, I guess, and then oh, really? Cats. And, according to the Amazon uh, trivia, this was supposed to be a directed DVD film. So I don't know if that was just like filler to kind of justify, you know, making a feature length or whatever. But just I remember like when we were seeing the flash, and I know they set it up that like this is gonna be a long flashback or whatever. But it's just like seeing the flashback with Humpty Dumpty and Puss in Boots as kids. I was like, okay, yeah, it's going. It's pretty good. And it's like, it's still going on. And it's like, it's like another scene. She was like, this is a, this is a really long flashback. You know, it's like 15 minutes at this point. It's just like, is this like the plot of the movie now? It's, we're just, this is a whole act of, uh, of a flashback. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then eventually the plot kind of kicks in. It's like, okay, good. And then, you know, that whole thing happens. Like, oh, great. Time for another, like, 25 minute flashback. Thankfully, it's not as long, but it's just like, you know, it just kind of feels like it brings the movie to a halt when we, we have these flashbacks. So that was one of my bigger uh, yeah. complaints with the film. Yeah, ma- making a joke about how long winded the story is going to be does not improve the pacing of that story. No. Right. <laughs> Especially well, because. Anybody... Yeah, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Will. I was just going to say because, like, the movie is going at a good clip before that. It's, like, very stylish. You know, like, we have that fun yep. fight dance sequence. You know, like, it, it's it's going at a good clip. You know, we have, like, the fun opening with, like, Puss and Boots had the sex with the kitten and then, like, is running away from that uh, that guy. Uh, you know, it's just, like, it moves pretty well at the beginning and then it just kind of grinds to a halt when we have to do the, the flashback, the extended flashback. But, sorry, what were you going to say, Matt? Oh, I was just going to ask if anybody had any other, like, major thoughts about Puss in Boots or if we should start to um, wind down. Yeah. Uh, I, the the bit where Humpty Dumpty was like, I was always there. That I was, thought that was funny. Yeah. That was really good. I think they should have because put it the, kind uh, of like the first thing I thought of was in um, in Spider-Man Far From Home where they're like, "Ooh, he was always the the Obadiah. He was always an employee of Tony Stark or whatever. Oh, and, yes. And he, yeah, they show that's... like a shadowy black and white and then. There's the other guy who is the, the box of scraps guy that Obadiah Stane yells at. It's like I kind of like that that same thing. And then you know, in in this one, he's he, important moments in the movie. Humpty Dumpty is like menacingly turning around in the background, and he's I, got a disguise on or something, like with the cat disguise. Mm, yeah, yeah. That was a great punchline. That was a good one. Yeah, I I want to see a fan edit of that scene with the Jaws or no, sorry, not the Jaws, the 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 saw theme music playing. And it's just yeah. like, like having like, you know, cause it kind of feels like a weird, like saw twist when that happens, like in, in the way those movies do. And yeah, that's what I was thinking of when that scene was happening. Yeah. That was good. Other, other than that, I mean, to me, Puss in Boots, it's fine. You know, 
I enjoyed it. Good soundtrack, good animation. I liked seeing Antonio Banderas and uh, Salma Hayek together. Uh, yeah. Creative action sequences. Um, but ultimately, I wasn't really drawn in by the story. Sure. Fair. I will say, I mean, yeah, to kind of go off of that, I, I, I am really impressed that even when it's just their voices, uh, Selma Hayek and Antonio Banderas have kind of sexy chemistry together. Even, yeah. Which is weird because they're both cats in this movie, but whatever. This movie has more sexuality between cats than 2019's cats. <laughs> oh, I was I had one more note on Puss in Boots. It was the first note I wrote. Uh, Beans tattoo. It? Oh yeah, that was a pretty good gag. The Beans tattoo. Oh, like all the guy the guys having the full diagram of like Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? No, like, the, they, so like the, the guy they all have multiple tattoos and Yeah, but more specifically just the guy in the bar who he's talking about the magic beans, he pulls down his left sleeve and he's got just a tattoo of beans on his arm. <laughs> I that was really funny. I was like, okay. Nice. Should we talk about how Humpty Dumpty makes innuendo about prison rape? Yeah. Well, Ugh. we don't have to. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like I I don't want to discuss it, but it feels like negligent to not talk about it. It's just like <laughs> like it happens and it's like very jarring. I'd forgotten about that joke and I was like, oh it's definitely a harder edged joke in the pantheon of adult jokes in kids' movies that the kids won't get. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, it it, it definitely it, it just kind of gave me like a greater sense of kind of the cultural shift that's happened in the past decade where like like that would never ever happen in like twenty twenty two in a kids film. Like that joke. No. Like that would it you would get you would it get wouldn't fired even happen you, in the first Shrek movie. Maybe I don't know. I just like like that like if you pitch that joke in a DreamWorks boardroom boardroom for a uh, twenty twenty two DreamWorks movie, you'd be like, You're fired. Like what this is for kids. Like <laughs> But like in twenty eleven it's just like ha ha we're putting that in the trailer. Uh <laughs> is the trailer, uh, by the way. Um Wow. So wow. anyway, I don't, I just thought it was just very bizarre to hear that joke um anyway sorry to end on such a dour note but sorry. Yeah. uh all right so before i forget i do kind of want to talk about one thing that uh i noticed uh with um scared trekless which is that in um trek the third there are obviously some heavy allusions to pris charming kind of having a like norman bates sort of relationship with his dead mother uh, sure. Fairy yeah. Godmother. And it's like, not like tasteful, but it's like, you know, kind of just suggested, not really hinted on, especially by Shrek standards. Like, okay, you know, that's nice. Doesn't really make or break the movie or anything, but it's just like something to have, I guess. But in uh, Scared Shrekless, I had forgotten that they really lay that on thick in the Boots Motel parody where like Shrek and Donkey oh are having a competing uh, scary story off. And it's all about, like, how Prince Charming has a hotel, and he's, like, possessed by Fairy Godmother, and he, like, wants to kill oh, wow. Shrek and Donkey. Or, sorry, Puss in Boots and Donkey. And it's just like, I'd Dang, forgotten I forgot all about this. this. I don't, it's not really that funny, yeah. but it's, like, it's like kind of funny idea. And it was just, like, one of those things sure. where... I guess when I had watched in season one, uh, Shrek the Third wasn't obviously that fresh on my mind. So it's I, fresh, right. I wasn't really thinking about it, but watching Scared Shrekless directly after... Shrek the Third, it just, uh, it heightened that segment for me, I will say. 
I'm coming to the realization that the 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 ratio of dark things happening in Shrek movies to not dark things happening uh, in Shrek movies is heavily skewed to the former. Well, <laughs> at least for the later ones. I mean, that's kind of the danger of when you like try to like like not. I mean, obviously the first Shrek isn't perfect by any measure, but like it kind of just kind of nailed that formula right where it's like. It's skewing more adult, but, like, none of the jokes are, like, too adult. Like, it's, like, more, like, the type of adult jokes where it's, like, the parents will laugh and then the kid will get it when they get older. But it's not, like, the yeah. type of jokes where, like, with the exception of, like, maybe the uh, um, mommy bear being a rug on Farquaad's floor is, like, most of the jokes in that movie, even the adult ones, are pretty tame. And sure. obviously, like, when you make sequels, like, you kind of have to heighten everything. So you're going to get to that point yeah. where you have, like, prison rape innuendo and puss in boots. Like, it's it's <laughs> obviously, like, not cool, I'm, but it's kind of just one of those things that, like, you can kind of see the progression of how that happens in a way. It's that meme of the, you know, like, the guy stacking the things up. It's not even that. It's just, like, the first Shrek movie is, like, oh, an ogre saves a princess, and then they fall in love, and the ultimate message is that, you know, you might be ugly and rough around the edges, but you can find true love and people will respect who you are. And then a decade later, we've got, the whole world is doomed because Shrek was never born and (laughs) and Prince Charming is Norman Bates and whatever. And it's like, it's like, it's it's like the, 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 the thematic, um, uh, material of some of these latter movies are just like, like in, in, uh, Puss in Boots 2, it's like, oh, he's died eight times and if he dies again, he'll be one more time dead yeah. forever or something. <laughs> he ceases. To he has to but, struggle with his mortality in this yeah, new family just, film for kids. You know, what if he gets crushed again? They just what chuck him in the in the furnace and that's it. <laughs> so, does that mean that that the new Puss in Boots is a sequel to Shrek? I have. Well, I think we're gonna find out. There's okay. rumors that that um, Cameron Diaz and Mike Myers cameo in it. Oh no way. Oh boy! I heard a rumor about that. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's very exciting. Exciting for us. <laughs> oh, New Shrek content, I mean... baby. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast well, ending, heard... and they're giving us New Shrek content. <laughs> we did it. We brought back <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> they did it. That's why they made uh, the movie. Yeah, if we if that happens, it'll really be a, a victory for us. Uh, but. <laughs> I, that might be wrong. I don't want to put you know. I don't want to get any hopes up. But um, Shrek Five confirmed well, in theaters twenty twenty five. Well, that's the rumor was that they they're doing Puss in Boots two to basically like remind you that Shrek exists and then they can do another Shrek movie next. But I that might be wishful thinking on my part. I guess we'll find out. Maybe it's like a stealth sequel. How the Blair Witch twenty sixteen was called the Woods or whatever it was. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. It came out. It's like it's 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 Blair Witch. And then like Puss in Boots, The Last Wish comes out, and the entire Surprise. two and a half minutes of the trailer is all that Puss in Boots is involved in the rest he of the dies. Shrek movie. He dies. He dies yeah, the he, first act. He dies. He loses, yeah, he, his, <laughs> he loses his ninth life two and a half minutes into the movie. And then Shrek pops up. Like, yeah. Donkey, the, the, Puss in Boots is dead. What do we do now? He gotta <laughs> go to his funeral. <laughs> That's just the second half of yeah, the movie. Yeah, Shrek, Shrek and Fiona show up at Puss in Boots' funeral. I like it. It's not even, like, funny. It's just kind of sad. It's like a... It's like a yeah. Hanuk- It's like an animated Hanukkah movie. 
uh, yeah, yeah and, then, just... and then Prince Charming gets the Infinity Gauntlet or something. Sure. Uh, wow. Uh, quite a departure for Haneke there, but um, in any case, uh, it's I don't know. late, fellas. Do you guys want to yeah, talk about Trek 2? Bad boy up. All right. I say Let's talk nay. about it next month. All right. Yeah. We'll have plenty of opportunities in the months to come to talk about Trek 2, I guess. Um, all right. Well, I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And remember, kids. It ain't ogre. Till it's ogre. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see.